Hello, I'm Arianna Raji Lee, founder of Pasha Mama, and welcome to our conversation, In Conversation, the podcast where I speak to women's health practitioners, baby and toddler experts, mamas and mums-to-be, to find out about what they do and how their story can support you through modern motherhood. Let's get started, shall we? Hey guys, I hope you are well and are looking forward to this episode, which is with Rebecca Stevens, who is a nutritionist who recently published her research in nutrition in postnatal women. So perfectly um, aligned with everything that we're trying to do at Passion Mama with providing women with as much information about themselves and their bodies as possible to make the best decisions um, for them as possible. So we talk about why Rebecca wanted to focus on this specific group of women and then we go into the findings and we talk about some of the common misconceptions around nutrition, some of the barriers to eating healthily during that postnatal stage. She also shares her tips on how to get the most nutrition in the least amount of time, which is quite frankly, for anyone who is leading busy lives is really, really helpful advice. So sit back, have a listen, and I have shared Rebecca's details in the show notes if you wanted to get in touch with her for further questions. Rebecca, hello, how are you? I'm really well, how are you, Ariana? Yes, I'm well, thank you. I can't believe it's taken this long for us to get on a podcast, given that you came to our pop-ups, the Passion Mama pop-ups in when we when we first launched when I first launched the company in January of 2020. How mental is that? Isn't it? That's a long time ago. Really, really long. You've done so well in that time. You've been amazing, growing this community and providing lots of content and um advice and bringing together experts to support women so you should be really really proud of what you've done what you've achieved thank you Rebecca it's always um yeah when you're in it sometimes hard to see sometimes so it's really lovely to hear thank you and you're exactly the type of right type of expert that um that we bring here to share your insights and when you know so why don't we start by introducing why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners yeah sure so my name's Rebecca Stevens I'm um a registered freelance nutritionist. So I'm registered with the Association for Nutrition. Um, that means I've been to university to study the subject in depth. And um, I guess what's interesting about me is that I didn't start off in this in this field. I actually worked in healthcare PR for many years, about 10 years, maybe a little bit longer. And well, that was a very exciting industry to be in. And I worked with some amazing people and went to lots of um, different places around the world uh, to put on events and to meet meet with different kind of experts. Um, I did, after having my children, kind of reassess what I wanted to do. And I wanted to have a more flexible working um, life. And I actually decided to go back to university and study for a master's in human nutrition. And it was after that that, as I mentioned, I became a registered nutritionist. And now I work freelance and I support individuals and I support groups and companies um obviously the last year or so has uh has made things a little bit tricky in terms of live events as you well know um but yeah I've you know I, I like supporting people in other ways and 
healthy eating and nutrition had always been as something uh, that was of interest to me and I just decided to combine combine the two and then go back to university and and this is where where I am now well it's a great space to be in I think you know especially with the pandemic nutrition and and what we're putting into our bodies what we're feeding ourselves is is something that if it wasn't already for people has definitely come you know to the fore a lot more you recently published um your research in specifically in postnatal women congratulations um why did you decide before we get into it why did you decide um to focus on this uh, on this specific group so i believe that everyone that's doing a master's level degree has to do some kind of in-depth research project and we were given the the first the first part of that that huge piece of work was deciding what you were going to focus on and nutrition is a really broad subject if you think about it um so there are lots of nutrients that you can look at and examine um or you can look at different populations so the elderly the young postnatal uh, males females or you could look at dietary patterns i mean this the subject is really really vast and the reason why I decided to focus on postnatal nutrition was it was sort of a combination of things, really. So um, I, having had children um, and gone through the postnatal phase three times myself, I sort of realized that it is a really important time to be eating well. Um, but it's, it's really difficult to do that because you quite rightly start to prioritize your baby over yourself. And also healthcare professionals really focus on, on the baby more so than the mother. Um, and I think that has changed a little bit since I've had my children. Um, and I do think the self-care narrative is becoming louder uh, through you know, social channels, as well as um, you know, just, just people making sure that mothers are you know, looking after themselves. Um, but you know, as well as my own experience, anecdotally that talking to other people, I, I sort of realized that the, the mother's own health, including their own nutrition was kind of towards the bottom of the pile rather than, you know, midway. Um, and quite rightly, a baby needs its mum 100%, you know, but uh, if a mum isn't eating well, it has a knock on impact on, it can have a knock on impact on, on their overall health. So that was the first sort of reason. And then I, I also felt like, uh, new mums would want to take part in the study that I was doing because they are a population that want to help each other. Um, and I also felt that because many of the um, many of the mums would have been uh, on mat leave at the time, they would they would actually have time to complete uh, my sort of 20 minute survey. And actually, the more people you have that respond to your survey, the the, the more, uh, you know, it basically means that the larger the sample size, you've got more people, more, you can, the statistics that you get are more meaningful, and then uh, the results could be developed into something such as a paper, which is submitted for publication. So yeah, it was a combination of those things, really. That's great. And it's such, as you say, it's such an important time in a, in a mother's life and a newborn's life as well that often doesn't um, hit the top of the priority list. So why don't we talk about some of the findings that you came across? Um, what, are, what are maybe either some myths that, you, that you're hoping to bust or, or some 
findings that you want to kind of share with us that might not be so well known? So I think overall, the research showed, um, I mean, this is probably no great surprise given the sort of preamble of why I, I wanted to study this particular population, but women in my study weren't eating in accordance with some of the um, sort of guidelines, uh, recommendations for healthy eating. Um, for example, only about 24% were, were hitting the five a day target. Now I know that we all know that we should be eating five a day. It's a message that I think comes out loud and clear. Um, it's something that lots of children learn. It's, it, you know, it then is widely known in adulthood as well, but, you know, it seems really simple um, hitting that five a day target, but the reason why we need fruit and vegetables is that they provide us with lots of different types of nutrition, you know, the micronutrients and all the, you know, the fiber that you get from them as well. And so it just gives us an, an indication that if people aren't eating in accordance with that particular um, aspect of healthy, healthy eating, then it can have a knock-on impact to the overall quality of, of their diets. And another thing that won't come as a surprise as well, but I looked at kind of um, habits before the so pre-pregnancy and then habits sort of post-pregnancy in the postnatal phase and um, consumption of high calorie snacks and meal skipping were significantly higher in the postnatal phase compared to pre-pregnancy. I mean, for, the, for those that have been through that phase of life, we, you know, if you're not able to, if you're feeding your baby, um, obviously that takes priority uh, over feeding yourself and it can be difficult to eat to a regular pattern, um, you know, the three, four meals a day that we are advised, that we are advised to eat. And so if you're skipping meals, it may mean that you're, you're not getting the right amount of energy throughout the course of the day and or you're likely to be making up the energy needs through whatever you can get your hands on because you are really, really hungry, uh, particularly if you're breastfeeding because your body needs um, additional energy to produce that, that milk. Um, and so if you aren't eating sort of, you know, poor regular meals, then you're, you're going to need to get the energy from somewhere. So they, I mean, they're just some of the top, top line findings. Um, I also looked at um, barriers to healthy eating as well. And um, those that, the, that were sort of most commonly cited were fatigue, lack of time and feeling stressed. And again, that's probably not gonna come as a, as a great surprise either. Um, but what we also found was that the impact of those barriers was greater for women that had um, a low combined household income or those having three or more children. Um, and I guess the explanation for the for the last point is that if you've got younger children at home as well, you've got even less time if you've got a new baby to look after all of them and yourself at the same time. Um, so yeah, we, we, we also looked at um, nutrition advice provided in the postnatal setting as well, because this was something that I don't really remember getting myself, but I think you have to appreciate that, you know, especially if it's your first baby, you are bombarded with information, you know, how to feed that baby, which has got to take priority because, the, you know, the baby, if you're breastfeeding, needs, you know, needs the milk as a source of food to thrive and to stay alive. Um, 
you know, there's lots of things about caring for babies, changing nappies, you know, getting, you know, get, trying to get better into, uh, in terms of strengthening your core again. So there's lots of information that you're, you're bombarded with. And certainly, like I said, I don't remember receiving any, but um, it, it showed from the research that lots of women claim not to also receive that information as well. And I think my point here is that if, if, our, if our diets in the postnatal setting have an impact on our overall health, um, physical and, and potentially mental, then um, it wouldn't hurt to remind women to eat well during that phase of life. And, and when I say remind them, what we don't want is just to, is to give them reams and reams and reams of information. It's it's sort of practical advice, short you know short snippets of information that you know perhaps when they see a midwife or a health visitor or a GP um, after their baby's born that you know they check in and ask those types of questions because sometimes you just need a reminder to to crack on, don't you? And and and. And remember why it is that you need to eat well and how to do that in a very very simple way so that then your if you were if your sort of healthy eating and your own diet was kind of towards the bottom of the pile you may then move it up somewhat so that you know you ask for help when you need it your partner if you have one can support you or you know if friends are dropping around they can bring you know a gift of food rather than a you know necessarily a, a present for the baby um those those types of things really yeah I, t I totally I totally hear that the more often I hear people saying that they they feel they, they with hindsight they wish they had asked for more help and it wouldn't have been necessarily around newborn care it would have been around looking after mum and bringing a meal that was nutritious and things like that I totally, totally understand. And I think anyone listening will, you know, it will resonate with and not be surprising, as you say, to hear that new mums in particular aren't eating in accordance to those guidelines of the five, five fruit and veg a day. That, that's, that doesn't seem that surprising at all, given that to make fresh food, it takes time. Um, it's much easier to just grab and go once, you know, when you're on the go. How do you think we or new mums can better prepare themselves for that time? Is it about, as I just said, sorry, better preparation? So during pregnancy, in those last few weeks in the run up to your due date, for example, batch cooking a whole bunch of really easy, delicious, nutritious stuff, stockpiling your freezer and just knowing that it's there so that it's easy to do? Or is that does that have good intention? But still, it's really hard as a new mum to take something out of the freezer, wait for it to defrost, heat it up on the on the hob. You know, like practically, how can mums prepare better to nourish themselves in a way that will get them through in the best way possible, given all all the other things that are going on? Well, I think uh, you quite rightly mentioned something that I believe is incredibly help, helpful, uh, which is batch cooking. Obviously, we've got our own sort of individual uh, preferences in terms of the foods we like to eat, and so you know, and also meals that freeze well. So that is, you know, entirely down to sort of personal choice. But that is definitely a way that you can um, support yourself. And I think working 
if you have a partner, then working together as a sort of team so that you, you ask you ask them like perhaps the night before to think about um, you know what what food you've got in the house and what you you know what you could eat the next day. Um, I'm not saying here that all, all women in the postnatal phase won't be able to get out and go shopping or like think these things through. That's that's not what I'm I'm trying to say at all. It's it's more like using the resources that you have available to you, which could be you know could be a partner and um, you know things like overnight oats are incredibly easy to prepare the night before. Take about five minutes, um, and they provide a really nutritious breakfast ready to go in the morning so it's just it's small things like that um and as we sort of talked about before it is definitely asking you know asking for help when you need it and um you know not feeling not feeling afraid to do that or to take people up on the offer i definitely having been through it myself and you know have experience of other people that have also been through it, I think, I think as you sort of mentioned, it's often harder for that person to accept the help than it is to, to ask for it, yeah. um, which seems crazy. And it is only after, after the, you know, the hecticness of, uh, you know, the first however many months that you kind of probably, when you slow down, you realize that, you know, it would have been a really good idea to have had a little bit more support. Um, and, uh, other, yeah, other things would be to have, I think, you know, you, using a bit of time to be as all organized as you can, which can be difficult when there are many other things going on. Um, but make sure that you've always got at home in stock, you know, whether in the fridge or in the cupboard, just things that you can pull together to make, you know, nutritious meals as quickly as possible. So, Again, we've all got different preferences in terms of what we like to eat, but, you know, having different sources of carbs, different sources of protein, um, diff different veg that can be chopped and chucked in. Um, and, you know, making sure that you, you, you kind of know in like five or 10 minutes, you know, a handful of meals that you can whip together without really thinking about it. Um, and whether that's something like beans on toast, or scrambled eggs on toast, or, you know, there are those packets um, of like grains or rice that are very, very simple um, to prepare. And then, like I said, you can add some veg or, and a protein source to it. Um, and I think the other thing to remember is it's completely okay to cut corners in this phase of life. Like don't, you don't always feel that, you, don't always feel like you need to aim for perfection and um i know that that can be really hard for for people that are you know more on the perfectionist side um but i think by taking that pressure off yourself and and allowing yourself to cut corners then um then that can only be a benefit really to you in, in regardless of whether it's like how you're eating or other other aspects of life you just don't have to be perfect all the time yeah I wanted to ask you, Rebecca, about how much hormones impact nutrition post-baby in, in the same way that hormones during pregnancy cause you to crave certain foods, dislike certain things that 
were perfectly were not necessarily issues in your diet before you've became pregnant hormones run rife as well during the postnatal period how much of that impacts the sort of taste or eating habits for women you know what that's a really interesting question it's not something that i looked at um in great detail um it would have been quite a difficult thing in my study to to have looked at that and involve more invasive uh you know sort of methodology um in terms of but what, what we do know actually is that um lack of sleep so and sleep quality so disturbed mm. sleep and if you're feeding a baby through the night that is disturbed sleep um you may end up with the same amount of sleep in total but it will have been in chunks and we do know that tiredness impacts on our um food choices and in the sense that we are more likely to reach for the refined carbs um when we're feeling when we're feeling tired and in fact my research did show that those that had less sleep um had more you know had well went on to snack more um and yeah i think it's just something to be aware of when you're tired you're going to be reaching for the foods that satisfy you and they don't necessarily they don't necessarily have to be really really unhealthy and i think it's important that you are eating full stop um but you know it it can be helpful to understand what is driving that choice yeah that's really that's a really really valid point i think um you mentioned quick fixes before i wondered if you might have any kind of top tips in terms of sprinkling certain types of nutrients over something to make it really really easy for example if you make if you end up making a piece of toast with avocado or scrambled eggs on top can you sprinkle sesame seeds some type of seed some additional thing that's just easy to just pour on that can add additional nutrients in that in each mouthful so i think seeds whether that's mixed seeds i mean i would always advocate mixed seeds but um chia and flax in particular um they can be added to all sorts of things um overnight oats again as i mentioned earlier um you know you can you can add them to yogurts uh with some fruit you can put them in salad you could bring them onto peanut butter on toast like you said um and yeah they they would be something that you would definitely keep within you know within your store cupboards so that you've always got got access to them and yeah they're a, they're a great way of just upping the nutrition content of a of a, of a snack or a, or a meal. Yeah, I love, I love, I love easy fixes like that. I think you said this before, you know, you want, you, you know, you, you just want almost like a really easy, quick meal. And I go, well, and I get hang, hangry when I get hungry, I get hangry within like 10, 15 minutes. So the time frame between when I decide I want to eat something and then actually like spazzing out about about not being able to eat is really short so I have to be able to prepare something in a really short period of time and so I love these things that you can just kind of throw on even like feta on avocado just adds a little bit of flavor has that additional protein it's really really nice um 
Yeah, I know a few other people that get hangry like that. <laughs> Not the only one. <laughs> yeah. I have to give my husband like a, whenever if we're like out and about with well, back in the day when we were out and about, I'd kind of be like, I, I've gone about 20 minutes before I'm gonna need to eat something. And he's learned over years to just carry a bag of seeds in his pocket and yeah. feed them to me like a bird or something. It's bizarre. Um another thing that I just thought would be helpful to mention um in terms of sort of practical advice is eating to nourish nourish yourself but not eating to lose weight particularly when you've got a young baby and you're breastfeeding because I think there is this pressure uh as we've all seen in in the media whether that's the the print or or social is some people bouncing back really really quickly and it's I think there is a pressure on on women to try to get their bodies back as quickly as possible but pregnancy changes your body in so many different ways and many of us don't go back to what we look like before for you know a variety of reasons stretch marks or you know um and I think you know we all put on weight during pregnancy it's completely natural you know there's the baby weight and then there's all the other you know the placenta the amniotic fluid and then you you put on extra weight to provide um, fat stores for for when you're breastfeeding, so that your body can convert that, use that for, for, as an energy source to produce the milk. So there are lots of reasons why you, you put the weight on. And um, yeah, I, I feel like some some people forget that they've had the nine months of pregnancy to to grow the baby, and they're and they're looking to lose that weight as quickly as possible. But if you're not eating enough and you're breastfeeding in particular because you need the extra calories, then you, you do run the risk of becoming, if you don't have enough energy to get through the day, then that has a knock-on impact on how you're feeling physically and mentally. And you know, if you're not eating enough, then that's gonna have um, an impact on your overall health as well. So I, I just, yeah, wanted to put that out there that, you know, try not to become too worried about um, losing the weight too soon. And, you know, don't cut food groups out unless you really need to in terms of if the baby is, is, is not doing too well on dairy, for example. But yeah, just, yeah. Think about the time it took to grow the baby and produce the baby and not, and not, not worry too much um, about losing the weight because once you kind of find your feet and you, you know, you can start um, exercising again, obviously slowly at first, and I would recommend seeing a women's health physio um, to support you to re regain like your core strength, then, and as time goes on, you, most of the time you'll, you'll see the, the weight decrease, but it's completely normal, even around, you know, six months for, for, for most of us, I think about uh, about 75% of us won't be back to our pre-pregnancy weight at six months. So I think it's important to know that because people put a lot of pressure on themselves and, you know, it's another, it's another time or another aspect that we, we should just be mindful of and not, you know, not add it to something else to worry about. Yeah. That's a really, really valid point. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Thank you. Um, just another couple of questions, Rebecca, did you, did you look into supplements at all postnatally um and are there any that you would 
recommend for mums during that period? I didn't look at supplements in my study. Um, I would say that, you know, nutritionists and dietitians will always say, try and try and get all of your nutrients through diet alone. Um, but there isn't harm in having a supplement to provide a safety net. And I think, you know, a multi a multivitamin, um, one that has omega-3 um, within it as well is a is a great idea. Omega-3 is important particularly for breastfeeding the omega-3 content of the breast milk will support the baby's brain development um and omega-3 is found in oily fish um they've got you know quite high levels of it it is found in white fish as well but it's much lower so it's um it's it's often not uh cited as a as a source of omega-3 but things like uh, the chai seeds and flax seeds that i mentioned earlier have omega-3 within them but it can be hard you know not everyone likes not everyone likes oily fish but um i i do think yeah having a multivitamin there's no harm in it great and i guess one final question would be if you had you know one piece of advice for prenatal women let's say who are listening to this who are preparing for childbirth and that postnatal phase or mamas who are in it right now what advice would you give them in terms of their nutrition okay <laughs> or otherwise actually okay. you know from one mama to another uh, i would say remember to this is more of a self-care message and I would say on a daily basis, try and do something for yourself, whether that's, you know, a 20 minute yoga class or, you know, 20 minute listen to a podcast or, you know, longer if you've got it, um, you know, everyone's set up at home is, is very different, particularly right now. Um, but yeah, find that, find that time for yourself. And then on the nutrition, on the nutrition front, um, yeah, it's hard to pick one thing really. And I think it's, I think overall, I'm, the results of this, this study, I'm not, I'm not sharing it to like, to, to make women feel that, you know, yes, it, it's another thing to worry about because I don't, I don't want people to, you know, I don't want women in this phase of life to be, to be worried. It's just drawing attention to it. And like I said sort of earlier on, it's it's asking for that help, it's using your partner, um, it's cutting corners where where you can, not being not being perfect. And um yeah, I would also say always take snacks out with you. Not only if you're like Ariana and you get hangry very quickly, but you know, yeah, you, you do need lots more energy. And if you're out and about, bring some snacks with you. Um and that that will, you know that will really help in terms of um, making you feel less hungry, but also providing you know, energy to, to bridge the gap before your next meal or when you can next have a meal. Yeah, that's, um, that's very, very good advice. And as you say, it's not about adding to the worry, it's just about sharing knowledge and letting, allowing women to be as prepared as possible or digesting that information as they want to, and then 
doing with it what they what they need to based on their their personal circumstances. Um, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time to share all of your learnings. Congratulations on the paper. It's very, very cool. Um, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on and, and for, for giving me this platform to share the, the some of the results and my findings uh, with your community. Thanks so much. Thank <laughs> you.